everyone, my name is Stephanie Davis and I'm coming to you from the Communications Office for the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne. With me today on our Melbourne Catholic podcast is the Director of the Catholic Social Services Victoria Agency, Joshua Lawrence. Joshua has previously been the National Coordinator of the Catholic Alliance for People Seeking Asylum, which is a broad alliance of Catholic organisations, schools, parishes and individuals co-convened by Jesuit Social Services and Jesuit Refugee Service Australia. Joshua has worked with Catholic Social Services over the years and serves as a member for the Society of St. Vincent de Paul while sitting on the boards of the Brigidine Asylum Seekers Project and the Arena Foundation. Having worked over a decade in a range of social service organisations, he's developed experience in policy, governance and direct service provision roles and harbours a particular concern for the homelessness and issues pertaining to people seeking asylum. Welcome, Josh. Thanks, Tiff. Yeah, good to be here. Now, you were appointed Director of Catholic Social Services in January 2020, yeah. so yeah. fairly recent. We're only in February now. Uh, welcome to the, I suppose, welcome to the Archdiocese. Welcome to the team. Thanks. Can you just give me a bit of an insight into your reaction uh, I think you are one of the youngest directors for Catholic Social Services. Is quite, I guess, quite possibly. Yeah, yeah I haven't, <laughs> I haven't sort of looked into it, but yeah, yeah, possibly. yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So, what was it like uh, coming into the team? You've obviously you've worked for over a decade in this space, the social services sector space. Um, just give me some insight into uh, coming onto this Melbourne team. Well, it's been it's been great. Um, so, I guess you know. Uh, only came on, yeah, I think oh, three weeks ago or so, but um, really great little team. It's a, it's a little secretariat and have been very welcoming. Um, yeah, sort of getting my head across all the different and varied work, which is considerable of, of, for such a small outfit. I find it very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been a great sense of welcome and a great sense of, you know, Everyone's been very gentle, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> it's That's very yummy. good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with the work of Catholic Social Services Victoria, uh, could you give us a bit of information around? Um, it's a peak body for service uh, yep. agencies here in in Victoria. Just tell us a bit about the work of CSSV. Yeah. So I guess we do all kinds of things. Um, part of the brief is it's really kind of bringing the gospel imperative to uh, you know serve those in our communities through a range of uh, I guess we're, we're made up of 45 member organizations who do all kinds of work you know in a whole bunch of ways so we're the yeah as you said we're the peak body um, so we do try to connect all those very disparate and different organizations together in some kind of way to promote cooperation um, to get together and work out oh what needs advocacy work what, what we need to do both internally and externally what the um, yeah what the needs of the community are how we address them um, and yeah all kinds of all kinds of network events we've got a conference upcoming we've got um, uh, you know, a range of sort of committees that work on particular issues um, and yeah and then we do a lot of interfacing with government interfacing mm-hmm. with the community interfacing with parishes, I guess. Mm. Yeah, Great. so it's really, really varied. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> varied is the word. Um, tell me, Josh, how did you get into this space? Now, did you always see a, a life in, in working for, I guess, Catholic mission? How did you come to be here? 
It's a, yeah, it's a long story in a way, but let's 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 bring it close. I think I was 18 when I first worked in homelessness services mm-hmm. in the CBD, um, which was with the Salvation Army actually. So I worked worked with them for a while, um, and then uh, yeah, from there you know studied youth work for a bit, um, and then yeah, just kept kept uh, people are people are interesting and amazing. Um, beings I guess and um, yeah as as people we are we're incredibly fragile and there's systems and structures around us that sometimes hold us um, really well and sometimes don't hold us so well and so I think um, yeah that's been my interest in what are those systems and structures that hold people together and how can we make those relationships good and lovely and address the, yeah, um, what yeah. makes them so it's always been about people yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And did I read somewhere you studied anthropology as part of your degree? Yeah, so I guess after working a bit um, in uh, especially around homelessness and mm. with the homeless community and youth work I went and studied. Yeah, I wanted to know a bit more about the the broader things around how does culture affect us? How's well, what what makes up society? So yeah, I studied um, yeah. social theory and anthropology. Fantastic. Yeah. And what were some of your insights from that? I, I suppose it's it's one thing to study uh, people and cultures and you know generations of, of change, but some of your insights from your everyday work in, in youth work, you would have spent a lot of time, I guess, seeing the the harder side of life. Um, how did that inform what you were studying? Well, I guess I've always worked and studied at the same time, yeah. and that's it's it's, it's nice because yes, um, have these broad brushstrokes and ideas and. Um, how things get put together on a page, or how, how academics have put their work together, or um, but then I've always tried to yeah relate that back to what is you know lived existence in Melbourne at this time or, yeah. or in or elsewhere, um, and so yeah that's been the way I guess um, seeing this broad broader perspective of bringing it down how how does this impact on our you know everyday lives and the people around us mm-hmm. uh, that's always been an important connection for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And is uh, how did you come to be involved with, so previous to Catholic Social Services Victoria, you were the um, national coordinator for the Catholic Alliance for People Seeking Asylum, or CAPSA. Um, how did you come to be involved in CAPSA? So I think after working in homelessness, for, oh, this is a long, this is a long answer. Um, <laughs> we like long answers. Yeah. It's all right. So I worked in social programs. So I'm from country Victoria up in Benella mm-hmm. um, and when I moved to Melbourne um, worked in homelessness for a while it opened a whole bunch of questions to me I, I also spent a bit of time working um, in commission housing and that kind of thing through community development work and that uh, opened my eyes to all the different people that live in Melbourne and I worked a lot with the Somali community mm-hmm. and then proceeded to for about three years work with the Somali community and they were refugees that come in on our humanitarian entry program um, which made me you know, wonder a bit more about that. Um, I ended up writing my honours thesis on uh, people seeking asylum and Australian immigration policy, mm-hmm. um, particularly immigration detention. Um, and then in 2012, the Gillard government reopened our offshore processing um, facilities in Papua New Guinea and Nauru. Um, and I uh, just finished writing a thesis sort of looking at what this means for Australian society, if, uh, how we how we treat people, especially people who are you know foreign nationals, etc. Especially people who are fleeing something, and yeah. um, 
so I ended up working, I got a job on Manus Island for a while and worked in the detention centre there. Um, and that, again, that, that, you know, that, that classic thing of like, you read about something, you write about something, then you actually live in it and work mm. in it. And you know, that was particularly interesting. And then I came back to Australia and um, worked again part-time with, with people seeking asylum in our community. Um, and then also back in the homelessness space. So that, that, that's sort of the, um, and the two are quite interlinked, I guess, yes. depending on policies at the time, homelessness and people seeking asylum. Um, and then moved, I guess, slowly across into, there's so many immediate needs, but then there's also all these structures, which in, in the case for people seeking asylum, so often um, uh, make those needs prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to address the systemic nature of, of things moved me into the advocacy space. Yes. Yeah. And tell me about your time on Manus Island. I've read a couple of your articles where you talk about your experiences there and just meeting some of the people. Um, and you wrote something around, um, in as much as it was the horror of the place, it was also just the horror of the stories you heard when you were there um, and how that their experiences have stayed with you. Yeah. Um it was a, you know, uh, I was there very early on. So it was sort of mm-hmm. 2012 to 2013. I was there for, um, you know, over six months. But, you know, that's only a large, small snapshot. You know, people have been there mm-hmm. for, you know, over six years now. Um, getting all, some over seven years. Mm-hmm. So my perspective is very, you know, it's sure. pretty, pretty narrow, I guess. Um, although I recently went back um, through CAPS's work. Uh yeah, the people who I met during that, that, that six months were, you know, they have got all kinds of backgrounds. There's no one asylum seeker, mm. you know. There's no, one, there's no one person's story. And then for someone to come from all kinds of places all to be smushed together in one, mm. one place with, you know, there was, you know, there was over four different groups, four different countries while I was there, or five different countries, and... Um, incredibly rich cultures and cultural traditions and different mm. and they're also yeah. put into one one place so yeah that that kind of the incredible um diversity and uh, characters and and um yeah and one of the guys i i spent a lot of time speaking with he worked for the red cross in iraq you mm-hmm. know all these very normal lives yeah. um thrown out um so that that's what sort of yeah that's what i remember a lot of the time and that's what i kind of hold is that it's just the incredible normalness of yeah, someone's yeah. life and then something happens and flee and then you end up, you know, flee to Australia, yes. possibly you ended up on yeah. a Pacific island um, and it's just how crazy yeah. uh, life can get um, through policies or... or yes, yeah. it is amazing how, um, how many people are affected by policies that are written uh, so far away from them and, um, and yet it... it it um, determines a person's life, or a person's culture, or or their um, their family's or life, their, or it's their amazing. whole future orientation. Their whole future orientation. A, yeah. 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 Um, I want to ask you about the importance of language. So, as I was reading some of your pieces, um, I was really taken by, of course, how you were saying people's experiences. What you were saying earlier about the normalness of life—that's a—that's um, something that everyone shares. Um, you know, whether you're here or you're somewhere else in the world. But I find um, particularly, and I think some people will agree, when you're reading stories about people, um, particularly in the media, 
you develop a particular uh, way of seeing things and it I guess it's it, it colors how you perhaps treat people or talk about people that are so far from you and so I just wanted to get your thoughts on on language and how important or integral language is when we're talking about these people that we're trying to help mm. um, well, I think I think it comes back to a really fundamental question um, when I was studying anthropology, we talk a lot about culture and all that kind of thing and try to understand what it means. And I think I'd have lots of um, you know, debates with linguists who, who say, oh, language is culture. Mm. And I think um, when I was in the midst of anthropology, that's sort of almost like saying a swear word. But, um, but, but on reflection, yeah, I think I probably have come closer to that, that the, the words we use to describe things um, becomes us in a way. Um, language, uh, yeah, there's... Plenty of, I think, de Saussure and all these kinds of philosophers try and try and unpack what it means. But starting with with words and how we articulate things starts from when we're children, right to right through to now. You're a communications professional. You get, get wordsmithing, but I think how we, yeah, what we do kind of becomes us. How we talk about things um, does leak into how we treat each other. Um, it does shape um, culture in a more broader way and I think is a fundamental basis for um, how, we, how we slowly see the world. And I think even speaking with someone about their experience and, and, and hearing their, the quality of their voice um, as opposed to reading about them as reported, you know, even the, the, the form of which language is um, communicated, um, whether it be written or, or oral, um, I think even that has a has an effect. Um, so yeah, so I, I, and I think I've worked for so many years with people who don't speak English as a first language, and um, I've also used a lot of interpreters. And he hearing how um, uh, and reading about how different languages approach or different cultures approach language or um, different countries, uh, I think I'll, I'll give an example because it's just it's the easiest. But I remember. Um, someone in very broad brushstrokes telling me about when they're trying to tell a story or, or say something, they would they would go around a question. So we're quite direct, I think. You know, um, perhaps in Melbourne, perhaps more broadly in Australia, perhaps more broadly even in Western cultures or, or whatever. It's kind of say say kind of what you mean, ask a question, or perhaps um, you know give an instruction or something if if that's the the nature of the relationship. Whereas um, this person described to me that if they were to tell me something directly, it would be treating me like a child. Mm -hmm. And so in order to respect who I was as an adult and as an equal, they would um, give me a whole set of circumstances or, or, or a story, really, and let me derive um, from that as an adult as a, as a, uh, what they mean. Um, and that was quite mind-blowing to me, uh, just thinking about, wow, language not only... How we articulate things forms our culture, but also um, how culture can inform how we how we use language to represent. Yeah. So I, yeah, I really give a lot of credits to how um, how we communicate and yes. see that as a, a very important starting block for for yes. respect and for um, and for more than respect, but for acknowledgement of someone yeah. else's um, humanness and dignity and yes. and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and. A way to, I suppose, as you described it in that um, experience, 
a way to help people come to their own, I guess, a bit of self-determination um, and how language is used as a tool to help uh, in, in helping people come to that. Yeah. Very important. Somewhat related to language, and this is taking you on a tangent, um, music is a universal language and I understand um, y- you're a musician from a way back. <laughs> what kind of music do you play, Josh? Oh, well, living in Melbourne, it's a, it's a lovely place. <laughs> it's a very kind of definite jangly pop sound that emerged probably jangly. three or four years ago. Yeah, and so I've, I guess I've, 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 yeah, I play in bands. I um, enjoy it. It's great. Yeah. I think often my work has been pretty... Uh, you know, working with people's the heaviness of, yes. of stories and the brokenness of relationships, um, and music's just a great way of um, getting all that out there in not yeah. a too literal sense. Um, also, the Melbourne uh, music community is just fabulous, and yeah, yeah. so easy to get a gig, and everyone's very supportive. So it's a lovely thing to be involved yeah. with. Yeah, a good outlet yeah. for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've really appreciated it. Yeah, be it band practice or be it playing a show or just sitting. Yes, sitting. Yeah, I took a guitar to Manus and I played a lot um, and, yeah, also did a bit of guitar teaching with the kids and all that kind of thing. Um, It's just a great way of, if you can't speak with someone in the same language, I only speak English really. Um, They could speak probably three or four languages, but English wasn't one of them. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, just being able to play music was a a pretty great way of building, building a connection. Yeah. Now, I first met you through, I think that was the first time we met, through the Emerging Leaders Network, which is uh, an initiative, I believe, that came out of uh, Catholic Social Services Victoria um, and has tried to get sort of the younger folk from the social services sector, uh, putting them in touch with some of the, um, you know, the, the veterans in the, in the uh, sector and that ch- trying to create a space for that shared wisdom and also to build them up in, in their work there. Could you talk a bit about that um, Emerging Leaders Network and how it's integral, I guess, now to the work of Catholic Social Services? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, a, I guess, when you work in social services, it's very busy, there's a lot going on, it's quite stressful. So it was really lovely to take a couple of steps back and, and yeah, meet other people, um, of a similar age and a similar perhaps mindset about you know how to what's the work we're doing how does it fit into what it means to be a person at the moment what does it mean in terms of mission um, what does it mean to to think about these things in a in a broader way so it was it was that was fantastic um, and yeah friendships have sprung up through that which is which is lovely uh, hearing from I guess often. You know, working in organisations, CEOs are incredibly busy. Management is often a fairly, um, you know, it's it's a typical work relationship. It's so nice, um, I guess, in the few sessions that uh, the emerging emerging young leaders network have have sort of put on. It's been taking perhaps someone in a senior management position out of their work context into a into a men good. So That's yeah, a on a whole model. range of whole range of levels, just yeah, yeah a really good thing. Fantastic. It's a good segue too to the conference that... Them and get a bit of the, the, the person-ness out, um, which, yeah, it was really quite inspiring, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Well, it's, it's, it's a truly national gathering, which is, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's in Melbourne, but people are coming. I looked at the list of um, RSCPs. There's people coming from, you know, Perth, from Wagga, from Queensland, <laughs> from, you know, NT. It's... Uh, People come from New Zealand. It's really, really great. So it should be a really, should be a great place to um, share knowledge and, and 
hear from each other, to be a bit inspired. I think plenaries are looking really good. Uh, quite, quite a challenging set of topics. We live in a pretty mm, challenging time. So I think this conference is trying to rise to that. There's a lot of changes in how social services are working, how their contracts are given. So there's a bit of that mm. kind of element. Um, but there's also a lot about, oh, you know, what, what is the mission? How, how, what are Catholic social services? Yeah. What are we doing differently? Yeah. How, uh, what, what makes us stand apart mm. as, as um, informed and in content and in process? Um, so there's plenty of great workshops looking at that kind of thing, as well as just real contemporary issues like the National Disability Insurance Scheme, for instance. Or yeah, so it's it's there's a nice mix of um, really immediate uh, kind of technical issues, and then mm -hmm. a few steps back and have a look at the the bigger picture of what the what and the why. Yeah, fantastic. And I think um, some of your guest speakers, you've got Francis Sullivan. Deborah Zanella. Yeah, um, yeah. Archbishop Mark Coleridge, I think, is making an appearance. Um, not anymore, but <laughs> yes, with apologies, he's, he's been called Vincent to Rome. Long? Yeah, ah, Bishop Long? Of course. Yeah, um, Bishop Vincent Long will be there. Yes. Um, apart from um, all the other speakers. And then I think on the Friday, you've got the communications, a special workshop for people working um, in communications for the social services sector. Um, and I think going back to what you were saying earlier, that la importance of language and how we talk about the mission. And Jesus Christ and how that comes through in that work and as we accompany people through our different services. So it mm. sounds fantastic. You can um, look it up online, especially at the uh, Catholic Social Services Victoria uh, website. And Josh, I just want to ask you one last question. Mm. As a young professional working in this space, a lot of um, having worked myself in uh, communications but also in youth ministry, for a lot of young people, social services, um, social justice, that is a way of living out faith. Um, and certainly it's a way of, I guess, um, having a personal experience and personal encounter with uh, Jesus. What would be some of your advice for young people? Perhaps if that's the way that their faith comes alive, what would be a piece of advice for them that you would give to keep that going? I think... Um it's a very boring way to start answering that question, but I think it's important. Um, I studied economics at university as well, and there's sort of the supply side and the demand side of things. And I think in social justice, it can often, often we can look at the demand side, how we consume, how we, um, you know, what what our options are in terms of buying something differently or more ethically or uh, or how we interact on a personal level, um, which is super important, mm -hmm. but it's only 50% of mm -hmm. the, the, the part of what social justice is. And I reckon what's gonna keep, and there's only so many consumer choices you can make or, or whatnot before that can perhaps get a bit disillusioning. So I think the key thing is to have a look at the supply side mm -hmm. of, of, of what, what produces the issues that need a demand response. Um, social services are predominantly in the where we're trying to address the issues that uh, you know are, are produced by something um, and so I think yeah, volunteering and doing that kind of thing is amazing and really good and there's so many good uh, opportunities out there for people to kind of get involved in, in a structural way mm -hmm. from on the demand end but I think the real key to keeping things alive is also thinking oh always it's almost a reflective kind of approach going, how are we producing this? And mm. I think by doing those two things together, that's a, a, that will sustain um, and 
and sort of give extra colour to, to what social justice means. Mm. Um, that'd be probably my, my key tip, I guess, about how to, how to express that well is keep those two things in your mind. Yeah. I like that. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for your time. Thank um, you. And I invite everyone to please visit the Catholic Social Services uh, website, cssv.org.au. Um, have a look at the conference that's around the corner. Thank you, Joshua, for your time. And congratulations on this new role. <laughs>